podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. 88.9 FM WDBM East Lansing. This is 89 FM The Impact. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, phone lines are open at 517-432-3893. Alex Ruciano uh, here on Impact Exposure. We have a great show lined up. It's currently two minutes past seven o'clock. And thank you for tuning in. Um, our first guests are in the studio right now, and uh, why don't we go around really quick and just introduce ourselves, because uh, this is pretty cool. I find the whole concept of this great. My name is Julia Schneider. My name is Nicole Stavrinos. And I'm Vanessa Preby. Well, thank you very much, all three of you, for coming into the studio today. Definitely appreciate it. Um, so let me tell you, I was reading about this about four days ago, and this, is, this sounds pretty cool. Um, a TV show called Text Me TV. What is this awesome show about? Um, well, basically the premise is it's an interactive chat show that you can participate in by texting in. And that's pretty cool. We were talking a little bit before the show. You know, there have been a lot of formats, TV, uh, a lot of concepts, you know, reality TV. But this is the first TV show, at least I've heard. Maybe I've just been under a rock, which probably has happened. Um, <laughs> but text messaging, where you're calling, you're, you're not calling in, but you're texting in, and it's, it's a great way of audience participation. Um, so how many text messages would you say you get each show? On average, it's about eight hundred a night. Okay, see that just that's just crazy <laughs> to me. I mean, that's that's amazing. Now, is is there a certain um, um, premise for this show? A certain like theme, or are, is each show different in its own way? Each show is really different in its own way because it depends on what the viewers want to talk about. So that's the cool thing about it, and it's all live. So it's really in the viewers' hands. Nice. Um, now l- let me ask you about this. Actually, each of you, I wanted to ask you: um, When did you start getting interested in this show? How did you get involved in, in such an interesting concept as Text Me TV? Um, well, the show's actually only been on air since February. Okay. So we were all hired in at that time. Oh, okay. So, um, what did you first think when you were thinking to yourself, "Okay, I'm going to be in a or participating in a, a TV show that has to do with text messaging"? What was your first thought there? I thought it was a really cool idea. I mean. Being on TV and everything, it was just local to start out with in Lansing, but now that we've expanded, so oh really, you've expanded yeah. too? We expanded mm-hmm. to Grand Rapids, West Michigan. So oh nice, yeah, very cool. Is it on like different? Is is the show itself on different stations, or how how does that work if you're expanding out into Grand Rapids and other areas? Is it on the same channel? It's or? on the CW affiliate for Grand Rapids as well. Okay, cool, nice. Um, what are some of your favorite parts? That's one of the, what I wanted to ask you. Um, you're all involved in producing the show. And for those of you who've just tuned in, phone lines are open, 432-3893. So if you have any questions whatsoever about Text Me TV, it sounds really, really interesting. What are some of the things that goes on like every show? How does how does the show <laughs> I open? Was, I was just thinking when you said favorite part, I just thought back to this past Saturday night. Uh, Vanessa and I hosted <laughs> an 80s night on the oh. show. So we just had a ball getting ready and um, – really rolling with a theme yeah. and just we get really silly and have a great time <laughs> and we were dancing around and dressed in full regalia and that's <laughs> that's really the best the best part of the show i think is you get yourself hyped up and we go in and just we have a great time. We have such a great time. Yeah, it really is. You're it, never unhappy going to work. It doesn't oh. feel like work, too. No. It just feels like you're going to go hang out and 
it's it's that Saturday night where we just got dressed. It was so funny because I've never even like touched leg warmers before. And Nicole comes out and she's like, "Look at what you're wearing tonight." <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Reliving the '80s is I think what we oh, call it. Oh yeah. And that's and that's pretty cool because uh, you know does someone say say I'm watching TV and you know I'm flipping the channels and I see this, all I have to do is just call in and text in and uh, say I mean like for that Saturday's night show right. Um, did people text in and say, oh, well, I really want to hear this 80s song, or, or was it, how did that show kind of go? Was it more of like an 80s, like just a theme show or a dance show? Well, we or? also, we really like to give out prizes and stuff, so we were giving around, uh, we were giving out like 80s movies and um, 80s Trivial Pursuit, and so we oh, kind of wow. geared our prizes towards the theme too, so people were texting in for that and just... We were reminiscing of good times in the 80s. We were talking about growing pains and Alan Thicke. And <laughs> oh, my gosh. I remember yeah. watching that. Growing I know. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. And, uh, and, and actually, has this ever been done before? I mean, in terms of actual a text message TV show, has this ever been done in, in Michigan, or is this the first of its kind? This is the first of its kind in Michigan. There is one similar in, oh, there I is? believe, Dallas? Austin. Austin or Dallas, somewhere really? in Texas. There's a couple in the U.S., but it's one of the first. So. Okay, oh, this is one of the first, and, yeah. and this started in February. Yeah. So some of the other ones, like in Texas, might have sprung up after that. that that's really recent, though. That's mm-hmm. Wow. Um, it's actually really big in Norway and on, in Europe, and that's why they, they chose um, Michigan in this area because they really liked Michigan State. They wanted, you know, a good college town, so they chose us, you know, obviously the best college. So, <laughs> Well, phone lines are open, 432-3893 if you have any questions. Uh, and we are talking uh, with now, I guess I forgot to ask for official titles, but are, are all three of you producers for the show, participants in the show? Um, um, I'm an associate producer. Associate producer? Mm-hmm. I host and produce, and yes. I'm a host. Okay, so so two of you in the room are the ones that are getting up and dressing up in the 80s, uh, <laughs> dancing around. Uh, oh, yeah. I see how it is. Um, so how long does each show go? That's what I was kind of kind of wondering. Is it, is it like an hour program? Or no, it... it's between four oh, that's right. and five and a half hours, so... That it's, must be really it's lengthy. <laughs> how much how much eighties dancing did you do on Saturday? Can I just, is that we, okay just to ask? we only did about about five minutes at the end. We saved the but, best for last. Yes, exactly. We wanted to wake people up in the morning with a good little dance dance number, so Oh my gosh. Wait a second. So what time do you all have to get up to actually well, we like, go, get ready and we go on at twelve thirty most okay. nights and okay. we're there till six in the morning. So wow. it's an overnight. So this is really long, and the entire process, like, as soon as the show ends in the morning, you're probably walking away with, like, 750, 800 text messages. Mm-hmm. Um, h- how does that work? Does it, when you, when someone texts in, does it, like, appear on a giant screen in front of you, and you just kind of read what it says, and do what it says? Like, it says, dance to this Michael Jackson 80s song. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Do that or... It goes through a moderation system first. To, okay. You know, you know, so you can edit out all the bad stuff. But sure, you got to filter out all definitely the... Definitely some entertaining messages. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a moderator, so I moderate, like, what goes on screen. Oh, okay. So... So yeah. I'm sure you've so seen some So a lot of stuff pretty... I can't put up, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, we were, we were talking about that before the show, FCC regulations, and, yeah. you know, making sure to keep, keep decent. And I, that reminded me, I'm sure you see some pretty interesting things oh, yeah. that uh that go on the air stuff that probably you don't want to read about in another text message <laughs> well a lot of the things are you know 
comments about the girls or something like that. You know, oh, I all see. Because all girls, so. Okay, see, if, if I were to text message and I would, I would comment that you're not hearing enough of, of my t- type of 80s music. I, I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan, so there you go, you know. There you go. I would have. Did you play any, by the way? We, 80s night? We're not Tell allowed to. We're not allowed to play music on the show. Okay. Because that's some kind of legal. It's the copyright of each Technicality, oh, yeah. I see. But, okay. hey, if we did. Oh, it was in our heads and You didn't thriller would be our number one picks, don't you worry? There you go. That's exactly. <laughs> I, feel, I feel much better now. It's a warm space in my heart. There you go. Good. 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 <laughs> Uh, phone lines are open at 432-3893. We are talking with the hosts and producers of Text Me TV on the Lansing CW, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so summer's coming up, as we know, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners out there are studying or have just taken or have just come from finals. So if you're listening out there, um, the summer months are approaching. Is there anything specific for the summer uh, that is being planned for the show right now? A lot of different promos. We're we're excited to start getting outside in the sun. I think we're going to head over to Grand Haven and um, stuff like that. Stuff that we can get, you know, get out more in the sunshine. Nice. Very cool. Is it, uh, now let me ask you this, because I I was wondering this reading it. Is is there something that, you know, most shows have, I guess, seasonal, seasonal themes that go through it? Is, how does each show go? I mean, is there like, uh, like at the end of each show, is there a preview for what's coming up? On next show, or is there like how, how does the structure work? No, and that's that's really the fun is that it's completely different every night. Unless we're doing, for example, tomorrow night, I'll bring a young lady on the show, and she'll pick a texter to take out on a date, courtesy of the station. So that will be oh. that's something we're kind of teasing this week. I'll tune in Wednesday because we have a, a beautiful lady and she's going to pick one of you as a date. So, and that's where the interactivity comes in and it's it's fantastic, but like Vanessa said, the audience is the show, so we can't really unless we're planning a theme or a date, uh-huh. we don't really plan what's to come. So, how many shows have you done since you started? What is that? Let's see, started in February. We're on 7 days a week. So, so. Se- 7 days a week, mm-hmm. so that's Quite a lot. That's yeah. how do you have the endurance for something like that? I mean, you're going basically like was it about five and a half hours mm-hmm. basically, and and that's just the show. That's not including getting ready for it, you know, just making sure that you're all prepared. I mean, how well, do you have the endurance? There's six for hosts, and um, there's three moderators, and okay. then her and I are producers. So okay, um, nice. Yeah, so we don't have to be at every show. There's you know, there's rotations. And it's just fun. It's a really lighthearted, fun show. It just you want to be there. It doesn't feel like work. Well, uh, and, and I was reading about the, uh, when you were talking in the emails before the show about the actual, how the show works. Um, one of the things I was wondering is, so you said that there's kind of no form to the show. That's one of the fun things. It's kind of like a free for all. Um, is there kind of a flow? Like, I guess, is it just kind of when people text in, um, what are some of the things that like normally people would text into the show? All craziness that you edit out aside. Um. Um, I mean, current events, it depends what's happened that day. Um, I don't know, they talk about everything from celebrity gossip to sometimes even politics, which can get a little heavy, but try to keep it lighthearted. Hypothetical, hypothetical. So say someone, say me, I text in about Brad and Angelina's baby, right? And I want to know something. How How does that work with the host? Say that someone wants to know something about a current event. How does... How do the hosts handle that? 
usually turn it back to the audience. Oh, Brad and Angelina adopting another baby. What do you think of that? Do you think they've set a trend? Or oh, we might okay. take a more silly route. What do you think they should name their next kid? Or what country <laughs> should they go to next? I mean, okay. oh, last night we got on a tangent of Jessica Simpson or Jessica Alba. I mean, it could just oh, really? one one text can just spark a some kind of on air debate or infinite amounts of debate. Exactly. Well, phone lines are open at four three two three eight nine three again. Seven days a week. I mean, this is text me TV. And Lansing CW, and we're talking to the the producers and the hosts of this awesome show. A couple of the hosts, for, for some reason, and, and thank you, you said that because I, I was worried that you two were the only hosts, and I was thinking yeah. that many days. I mean, <laughs> all week basically, and no. going that long, yeah. I was like, you must really not like '80s music after a lot of those shows. <laughs> um, so, one of the questions too, again, you said you know someone like Jessica Simpson or Jessica Alba. Is it when when the text messages come in, do they? Um, do the hosts just kind of read them and then turn it back to the audience? Or can, if, if, if you're watching and you text in, can you see what the texts say? Yeah, or... it, um, they appear on screen on TV. So that's another cool thing, too, is you, you kind of get to be on TV. We've had a couple of people that have actually gotten famous. Like, after a while, people, the no texters kidding. ask, where is so-and-so? And um, So if you have, like, a birthday shout-out you want to do or something like that, that's what it's really fun for. So. Nice. I, I better get texting. I, I kind of want to And, you know, this is, this is interesting because when I was reading about the show, I mean, that's just, that's just kind of a, an example, a really good example of media convergence. I mean, you go back, you know, years and no one would ever would have thought of a TV show incorporating text messaging. I mean, that's really, really cool. Uh, let me ask you this. We can just kind of go around. Um, and one of the things I was wondering, too, where do you see the future <clears throat> of this show going um do you see it continuing on uh, expanding out as you said you just expanded into other cities um especially the michigan show where do you see the future of the show going um well we've definitely like we said we've had major growth since the show started so um i mean with success like that hopefully it could spread to other cities larger cities than lansing like la or new york things like that so that's that could be exciting that'd be great Definitely. Do you see that, um, I guess, is there any way to keep track of however many people um, tune into the show as opposed to texting? Like, does everyone who tunes into the show, do they usually text in or do some people just watch it just to see what goes on and see the different No, we and... run into a lot of people who will, you know, recognize us and be like, oh, I've seen you on TV. And I'll always say, oh, do you text? <laughs> and if oh. they say no, I'm kind of like, oh. <laughs> I mean, it's great that people watch, but really the whole point of the show and the reason we will hopefully still have a show is if people continue to text in. It's it's great if people watch, but and that's the fun. That's like true. when you have a show like that, you know, you you want good conversation, and it's just fun. It'd be fun to be a part of it. You know, you could you could really sit at home and watch any show, but this one you get to have your own opinion. Like we did an Oscars night where we were on. We actually were on simulcast with ABC and on the CW right after oh, Jimmy wow. Kimmel, and we did a couple of spots during the actual Oscar award ceremony. Also, oh nice. And um, we were talking. You know, there's so many shows where they talk about fashion and they say, "Oh, so and so looks so good," but you really disagree. And this, oh, with I this, see. you had your own forum. Like, hey. She was a mess. That I don't know what she was thinking. <laughs> That's actually really good because, at least from my experience, you know, when I'm when I'm flipping through the channels, all you see is the kind of hard news. You see the, or, or even if it's an entertainment event like mm -hmm. the Oscars, 
when you want to read reviews and things like that about it, you usually read about it the next day in the paper or, you know, you tune into radio shows or something, you know, and, and you hear what happens. But that's pretty cool because it's almost like an instant live update as to what people think, which I, I don't think you see. I mean, do you really see that that much? I don't think I see it that much in like TV news and things like that. Most people don't don't uh, have those forums available, which is kind of cool. Right. So if I don't like so and so or someone at the Oscars or something, you know, I can you can just automatically text in. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. It's, it's totally immediate and interactive, which is what makes it so unique. Yeah. Especially for television, I mean, you can go into a chat room online or something like that, but this is live on television, so it's just totally right. unique. And you're getting some something of it, whether it's a date, whether it's you know we picked up a bunch of sponsors, whether it's prizes, you know you're all, you're getting rewarded basically, and it's 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 awesome, it's fun. Well, and you do get re- oh sorry to oh, no, no, but you do it. get yeah. recognized because we we have so many regulars that text in like oh really yeah how many community. regulars out of the seven hundred fifty average how many regulars would you say oh I'd say there's a hundred regulars oh my god definitely whoa and we know them and they'll like add us on MySpace or something you know and so oh, we can wow. see their face see their picture they'll interact with the hosts on there and so it's really cool it's like a little community. Well, if you would like to text in and or call in, I guess you say call in. The phone lines are open, 432-3893. If you just tuned in, it is Impact 89FM. Really quick, got a couple minutes left. Um, if, if people, listeners out there, are interested in watching the show or checking out more information, where can they go to get more information? Textmetvlive.com okay. is our website. Or we have myspace.com slash textmetv. Or you could just text in. Right? Our mm-hmm. show's text in. will be on tonight mm-hmm. if you're interested, so... Uh, one thirty tonight on the CW. It's in CW five. Very nice. Well, I just wanted to thank you so much for coming into the show. Thank Thanks you very for much. Us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I hope fun. you get that clock for graduation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We will. We will be getting into that a little later on the air. But thank you. <laughs> and uh, you are listening. We're going to take a quick break right now. But you are listening to eighty nine FM. You're listening to Exposure on eighty eight point nine The Impact. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, the Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. 89 FM. We are back on Impact Exposure. Phone lines are open, 432-3893. We just got done talking with some of the uh, hosts and producers of Text Me TV on Lansing CW. And uh, thank you very much for just tuning in. Uh, we have some more great guests in the studio right now. Why don't we go around really quick and just introduce ourselves and uh, see what's up. I'm Amber Arbor. And I'm Dara Gibson. 
Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. So Impact Exposure is, is the show where we take a look at the critical, vital events that are happening in the community. Um, what can you tell us? What's going on right now? Um, we're actually putting on a fundraiser to benefit an organic, sustainable farm in Costa Rica that we worked on in um, for all the Turner Spring Broke program, program through Michigan State. Um, also, if you go um, on a study abroad program, medical ethics and history and development of the healthcare system in Costa Rica, you have the opportunity to work on the same farm. But the Alternative oh, wow. Road program is brand new this year. It was the first year. Um, I was the site leader of it. And That's yeah, really cool. half of the time we were spent working on the farm. So Yeah, you know, because I, I um, last summer, or I guess this last summer, 2006, I went on a study abroad, but it was it was um, over, I think, in, yeah, it was over in the UK, and, you know, we did journalism stuff. But this is this is interesting, too, because this is, I mean, you want to talk about, like, alternative spring breaks. Um, most people on spring break, and correct me if I'm wrong, I might be wrong, but a lot of people say, you know, oh, we're going to go out, we're going to go, we're going to have fun, we're going to we're gonna party. And then every now and then around spring break time, you hear about these alternative spring breaks. And this one sounds really, really, really interactive. This was in Costa Rica this past March, right? In March, yeah. Okay. It was um, amazing. Well, so yeah. tell us a little bit about your experience. I mean, um, that must have been just unreal. Like It, it was just amazing like to that. meet the people. We worked in, um, the farm is located in Santa Rosa and Cartagena. And it was just some amazing women and the farm workers were just, they were incredible. They really opened their hearts up to us. They showed us exactly what it's like to work on a farm to grow sustainable crops and um like the do you want to tell them a little bit about the premise of association and our dara yeah the purpose of the association is to actually um educate and empower women of poor communities okay, so the purpose nice. of the farm itself um the majority of the men of the households actually don't live in the houses they live in a different community and they work in the banana plantation so the women are left to raise oh, a family by I themselves oh, wow. so um this association and I actually came in and started the farm and with that, the women and some of the children actually were allowed to come onto the farm and learn how to grow organic crops and also medicinal herbs since a doctor usually only gets out to the communities about once a month. So, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's good because it, gives, it empowers them and it educates them and it allows them to go back to their homes and actually grow these crops in their backyards and sustain for themselves since they are lacking in money in general. It's easier for them to just be able to grow their own food. Uh, phone lines are open, by the way, at 432-3893. Again, the number 517-432-3893. Uh, this is Impact Exposure. If you just tuned in, and we're talking about a really, really not only important issue for students who are looking uh, locally for uh, alternative spring break, but an international issue as well uh, in terms of help, uh, having a good time and feeling good, but, all, but it's, it's also really about, about helping people. And I think that was really important, what you were saying, because... In a country like Costa Rica, and maybe you can tell us a little bit more about this, the I guess the health structure there, where there is health care and things like that, um, like you were saying, if you go out to certain areas, it's almost not even existent. I mean, it's not there, which is why something is, is really important as organic farming. How does how does that work, organic farming? Um, when you're, is it just, like you said, it's training women to go out and just basically learning how to sustain themselves. Because I actually didn't know that about uh, the men live in an entirely different community. Not all the men. Not all of them? Not okay. all of them, but a, a the portion of them of do. Them. Like our host family, actually, the man was a very integral part of the family. But some of the other um, students that went with us, the men weren't present at all. It was it seemed as though, I don't know if they, I had a language barrier, so I couldn't fully understand the ah, situation. Okay. But it seemed as though a lot of them were single mothers raising their kids and... 
And that's because of the, there was the whole banana plantation. Um, is, is it just like From, a couple miles down the road or is it just like really, really, really well, far away? It, it's not that far away, but given the um, conditions of the roads, they t- it takes a while to get there anyway. So Sure. Makes sense. And uh, what we were talking about earlier, you know, this is, it's something where I think most people, and here I am getting on my soapbox again, so stop <laughs> me if I'm getting too, too crazy, but um, most people have that kind of uh, mentality again, where it's, it's spring break, it's time to have fun, it's time for me, etc. And it's really important because I think in, in times like this, most people wouldn't really think about getting or going on an alternative spring break. But this past March, this happened in Costa Rica. Um, how many people were involved in this alternative spring break? There was actually 17 of us. There were two site leaders, myself and um, another female student here at Michigan State. There was also a faculty advisor, Scott Yoder. He came down, but his role was more or less to kind of be there in case something bad happened, but really it was the site leader's job to run the whole trip, and we started it from scratch and ran all logistics and basically um, got the group ready to go all, like, last semester and the beginning of this semester, right up until the time of the trip, like, make them cultural aware of um that's really important right yeah everything in costa rica and the people and just um how to act and also language wise because there were only four of us out of 17 that spoke spanish so um that proved to be tricky at times but for me since i was one of the main translators it was actually pretty awesome but um yeah i mean the purpose you go down there and you learn about another culture and you're doing volunteer work and you're learning about other people but i mean you're learning about yourself you're changing completely as a person you walk out of the experience like as a completely different person with a completely different mind spec and perspective on life and how to make changes here in the states when you return so 89 fm uh, phone lines are open at 432-3893 we were talking about uh, alternative spring break program and it happened this march in in costa rica and, and that must have been amazing if i can just say really quick um I think myself included, because I totally do this, especially, you know, you have like a East Lansing community, like at MSU. I think a lot of people take those things for granted, things like water, like mm-hmm. uh, shelter, a lot of those things. And, you know, you're just, uh, you know, stressed out. I mean, a lot of students right now are, are stressing out, myself included, about finals, you know, and that's that's important, too. But um, I'm sure it's a definite perspective readjustment. You know, you go down there and your your perspective just changes. It, it definitely did. And that's why when Darren and I came back, we really wanted to have this fundraiser um, just to kind of give something back. You know, we know how much we have here that we wake up that we take for granted every day. Sure. Um, and if I could, I just quickly tell him a oh, little yeah, bit. Of like, course. Okay. Um, yeah. The fundraiser is going to be May 15th from seven to nine. We're going to be throwing it at Gone Wired Cafe. That's on Michigan Avenue. Um, we invite everybody to come out there. Um, it's it's going to open with a violinist, David Dixon Hammond. And it's going to follow with an informational PowerPoint about Costa Rica and the opportunities that Association Andar has to offer. And then we're going to um, have a sale of photographs that were taken and edited by Jason Cho. And we're also going to have a, a silent auction. A lot of local businesses have donated some great gift certificates and gift baskets. And um, so we're going to have those to bid on. And we just also wanted to mention that 100% of whatever the proceeds are, we're going to send right back to Association Andar to give to the Echo Finca. Oh, so. wow. That's really nice, and it's it's also a really good way to get community involvement too. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't we Why don't we talk a little about yourselves too? How did How did um, you get so interested in such such an awesome experience and wanting and willing to participate in something like the Alternative Spring Break in Costa Rica? I mean, what what really? Inspired? I got an email. Oh, really? Yeah, I just, okay. I got an email that was like, "Great new program, Alternative Spring Break. I've always wanted to go to Costa Rica. Sure. It was a great, affordable way." 
to go to Costa Rica and to, you know, not come back feeling like I just, you know, wasted a whole week. I, you know, I really got something out of it. Sure. So. Although a lot of people come back and say, oh, I had the best time. I had <laughs> all these parties. And, but that stuff fades over time. Yeah, and it? it was, and I remember my entire so spring right, break, you know, which, is, which is nice. Exactly. In 25 years, what are you going to remember? The uh, the awesome parties you had or actually sitting down? The, and yeah. the, the amazing people I met. Yeah. Exactly. No, I actually, um, like I said, I saw your brother three years ago. And that was my first um, experience outside of the U.S. And I fell in love with Costa Rica immediately. And I knew, wow, I f- this is my niche. Like, I'm super passionate about Costa Rican culture, and one of my degrees is Spanish, so um, that carried oh, okay. over quite well. Um, sure. But I was down there this past summer with my friend and the professor that teaches the study abroad program. He was down there and said that they were going to start up an alternative spring break program, and if I'd be interested in being the site le- leader, and I, of course, jumped on that because, oh, wow. I mean, what you know, better experience than that? So pretty much... I mean, it was an opportunity for me to go back down, but also to go down as a leader. I've gone down as a student and just as a tourist, and now I got to go down and actually lead a group of people and teach them about something that I'm super passionate about. So That's really nice, too. And it's, 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 it's again, as we were talking about, it's something you'll remember your Friday. entire life. I mean, <laughs> yeah. um, it's funny because I'm, I'm taking right now a, when I think of this specific title, like the Latin American um, Current Issues in Journalism course. And what's really cool about it is what we're t- kind of the theme that weaves in and out of everything in the course is about um, not only American foreign policy, but it's kind of that whole, like, I guess, American attitude, so to speak, that, that kind of mentality that, that we have and how to form a healthy dialogue, you need uh, openness and you need to be mm-hmm. able to see things really, this is really important, seeing things from other people's perspectives. Because yes. a lot of times I don't. I mean, you know, I'll uh, just like we're saying, you know, MSU student, I'll be walking down and Eric, the engineer, is shaking his head because he knows that I, I see nothing, <laughs> nothing from other people's perspectives. He's saying that right now. He says, let me turn up your mic. I say, no, I don't want to. I want it to stay like at this level. Um, so he's doing it right now. He's changing my mic level. I knew it. Um, but, but, you know, it's, it, it's true because like, you know, I mean, I'll be walking to finals and, some, you know, someone will, you know, come up to me and say, oh, I, you know, start talking to me. One of my buddies, I have a really important issue, you know, or something like that. And I'll just be like, oh, that's cool. But in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking about, you know, what I have to do and this and that. So when you went to Costa Rica, did you find that that whole, I, I don't want to say like, like American mindset, but, you know, that, that whole like kind of busy, 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 did that just kind of drop? Yeah. It was really? a, um, okay. actually one of our... Um a really good friend of like the guy that led us in the group he had this t-shirt on that um basically it had this saying that has ever since i read it it just kind of changed my life and it's something i try to live by and basically it's loosely translated into um my dignity is worth more than my necessity and so there are times where i find myself kind of either morally conflicted or you know unable to balance and i i kind of go back to that and it it really helps to bring a new insight into my life that and I, you know, I think that for that entire time down Costa Rica, that was kind of how most of the people in our group, like we were just so excited to give and to learn and to experience and to, um, you know, be part of the community. Like we played a soccer game with the local people. Ooh, and, how was that? Um, awesome. It was awesome. For <laughs> nice. I've never played soccer before, so it was challenging. Neither have I, so don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> if I was down there, it would probably be, I, I would just be the mascot of the team. I it, even it, well, it, was, it was really 
it was really amazing to see how, like, there's that saying, like, it takes a village to raise a child, and it, it was just amazing that, you know, for the soccer game, like, all the community people, you know, you had 80-year-old men and 5-year-old children, and, you know, us people from the U.S. and Michigan State all on the same soccer field playing together, you know, most of us not even able to communicate, but right. knowing, you know, a smile goes a long way, and it, it was just amazing. How many how many people would you say throughout the entire alternative spring break you actually worked with in Costa Rica? People local populations, people who live there. How many people did you did you work with? Um, well, we actually were in two different communities. We we're in another community on the Caribbean coast called Tortuguero, um, and there we actually worked with the kindergarten the kindergarten, and we painted their fence and oh, also cool. worked with locals, children, and Peace Corps volunteer and other. Um, people our age to work on these bookmarks actually which were amazing because it was a way to empower everyone of the community specifically the women of the children and all the resources from the bookmarks went straight back to the children in the school so um i mean within there that was a we we worked with uh, i'm I, I don't know how many i mean there was say. probably about 20 kids or so yeah. probably oh, wow. at this school um, and then when we were at the farm there was don julio and he's the main man that works on the farm and then the local women and we we lived with families when we were on the farm so we got to right. experience that as well and then also one of the days the school children from cartagena came and they helped us plant um a, like a whole field of beans and then we all ate um together we took all the food off the farm and cooked it ourselves and ate an organic meal so oh, it was wow. great yeah Nice. Now, now, um, a lot of people talk about, and this is what we're talking about in our uh, Latin American uh, class, that well, it's about cultural exchange. I, I, I can just tell from talking to both of you that you've learned so much about um, the people of Costa Rica, and, and just like you said, about yourself, helping people. Do you, did you find that when you were living with, with the local families, that, did they learn something about, uh, about, about you, about uh, American culture? Yeah, or? actually, um, since I was one of the main translators, I actually had the opportunity to really get to know a lot of the people. And then since I had worked on the farm three years previous, I already knew some of the people, so I got to... Um, meet with them again, which was nice. awesome. But um, I found, especially with one of our other leaders from Costa Rica, Esteban, he, his viewpoint of U.S. culture, I mean, a lot of people, especially in Latin America, have a negative viewpoint, which right. that's just how it is. So um, he actually was very thankful that our group was the way that we were, and like just as people, because we really helped him change his viewpoint, made him realize that you know there are good people out there that want to help and want to make a difference and want to change. And then the most important thing is being open-minded and sure, not looking right. at it as being well, one's better than the other. It's not. It's just that they're different, and just accept it and try to learn and try to like share each other's culture and just try to become better people, more self-aware. So. It's just like we were talking about. My dignity is worth more than my necessity. Is mm -hmm. that right? Did I get that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know, it, and it's true too because um, you know when I'm thinking and talking more and more, it's like you know when you actually step out of your, I guess, comfort zone, your bubble. I, I myself would probably be a little uh, hesitant to do so. I, I'd be a little bit scared. But did, did you find that? I mean, was this the first time? Obviously, you know, you said that you studied abroad before. Um, was it was it the first time though that you've really stretched and gotten out of your for myself? Zone? No, I am actually probably one of those rare people that I love to be outside of my comfort zone. I okay. love the challenge, and I love cool. the fact that every time I step back into my comfort zone, I'm changed. You know, um, so it's but it, it was definitely I think one of the times that I that I've been most impacted that I've stepped outside my comfort zone that I've just that it. It was just, I just learned so much, and I just learned how much 
really that you don't need that you have you know like it was a lot of the stores there would just kind of open you know like the men that were there would you know do what they needed to do with their families and take care of what they needed to do on their farm and when they were ready then they would go to their store and open oh, it and okay. and as well as like the house that we stayed at the lady babysat for a kid and um he didn't pay her money he returned favors you know whether it was feeding the pigs or fixing her her water tower you know it was more of a like a you know, I do for you, you do for me, and it was it wasn't all about money. It was all about goodwill and friendship, and it was nice to see that that still exists. We're we're talking uh, on the air right now about impacting experiences here on the Impact. Ha ha ha! Get it, Impact? Sorry, that was a shameless plug. Um, <laughs> but this is about a very important issue, and it's it's about the uh, alternative spring break program that was this March in in Costa Rica. So let's talk a little bit about the future. Um, this sounds like a very a very touching experience, something that also has a lot of meaning, and not only for the people involved, but the people that are helped as well. Um, what does the future look like? Maybe next year, uh, would there be another alternative spring break program, or how's that looking? Yes, there will be um, another program going to Costa Rica. Um, oh, nice. And also, there are opportunities if you want to go down yourself to volunteer. Like, I will be going down in December for three weeks, and I plan on working on the farm. And that's something you can arrange through the association. So, I mean, there are opportunities. You can do it through Michigan State and have this amazing awarding experience through alternative spring break. Or, you know, if you're really daring and, you know, ready to just jump out there and mm-hmm. do whatever you can go down by yourself and actually um work or with friends so i mean but you live with a family and everyone's super warm and welcome so and and if people would like to they're more than welcome to stop by um may 15th it's a tuesday night from seven to nine and we'll have a lot of information to hand out Very about opportunities with association and our and and a fundraiser and right. you know and sure. there'll be other group members that went on the trip with us there so you'll have all of our uh, viewpoints on the experience so Cool. And this is May 15th? May 15th from yeah. 7 to 9 at Gone Wired Cafe. Okay. And there's going to be a lot of events there. There's going to be a lot of a lot of uh, people involved with involved with that. And um, we definitely wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Sounds great. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we're going to take a quick break right now, but we'll be right back uh, to finish up Impact Exposure. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's Progressive Torch and Twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. 88.9 FM, this is Impact Exposure. Uh, This is awesome. We just got done talking with some really cool guests about an alternative spring break in Costa Rica. And right now we're moving on. It's uh, 740 on the dot. 
How do you like that? Fantastic. Uh, right here Fantastic. on Impact so Exposure. <laughs> you know, on the Impact, we are we are very <laughs> punctual. We we try to do our best uh, with music and with with news and really cool events happening in the area. One of those, oh my gosh, coincidentally, look who just popped in the studio. Hi, Jesus. hello. Um, <laughs> why why don't we go around really quick uh, and, and introduce ourselves? Uh, I'm Chad Badger. I'm the artistic director for Peppermint Creek Theater Company. All right. I'm John Pizanis, and I play Jesus. All right. I am Sam Zakakis, and I play Judas Iscariot. All right, and uh, if, if you just tuned in where you heard that someone was playing Jesus, you were probably asking a few questions, but uh, what is that? It's Judas Iscariot, and uh, this is playing at the Peppermint Creek Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us, for all those listeners, myself included, who, uh, who are curious and learning more, what is the basic premise of the show? All right, uh, the basic premise is that uh, Judas Iscariot is on trial. Okay. And, uh, and so the, it takes place sort of in a courtroom in purgatory and uh, a bunch of witnesses are brought to the stand or you hear from them just their thoughts about whether or not judas should be held responsible or, or guilty for the actions that you know with jesus and that type of thing and so you see we see a bunch of characters like mother Teresa and um oh. satan and a bunch of saints and sigmund freud things like that and so uh sigmund freud comes on yes indeed Ooh. and he's quite quite hilarious um and so <laughs> it's basically that i mean i think that ultimately at the heart of the play it's about um forgiveness like can ultimately if if judas can be forgiven can we as like as humans in society be forgiven so i think that's oh, kind nice. of falls around that yeah and I, I've actually seen a few, I guess, little flyers or a few of the postcards around, and I was, I was, I was ecstatic when I heard that you were coming on the show to talk about it. Um, so, how many hours of participation? This, this has been going on since the the show has been going on since last weekend, right? Mm-hmm. I believe, and then, it, and then it still has. It's going to be going on this weekend as well. Yep, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, when did you start really preparing for for your roles and for the production aspect yeah. of it? How, well, I mean, how many hours of participation went into that? Okay. Well, just from. Uh, you know, I received the script in October, so right. Chad did a pretty good job in getting us prepared. So we all met in uh, early April, okay, maybe late March. Um, we just came together, had a little uh, read-through, and then uh, pff, it's pretty much Monday oh, wow. through Friday we've been spending three hours every day just kind of preparing and working on each scene. And so it's kind of, you know, it's been a lot of work, but I think, you know, we've got a fantastic cast, just so talented. And That's I think, huge, 17 people. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's great. yeah. Well, this is Impact 89 FM. Phone lines are open, 432-3893. We're talking with Chad and John and Sam right now uh, about the new show that is at the Peppermint Creek Theater. It's been going on since last weekend, uh, Judas Iscariot. And uh, it's very, it sounds like a very, very interesting show. Uh, let me ask you this. As soon as I was reading about it and I was you know, seeing all the flyers around, um, one of the things that popped into my mind is the actual length of the show. I mean, how, how long of a show? It sounds like, like you said, there's so many like, people involved, and, and it's, it's a really interesting concept. I've never heard of something where it's, you have that whole like, trial sequence because it's something you never think about. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. you, we, we, I mean, I think everyone in some way or another, you know, a lot of people have heard the story, but you never, this is like a different take on it. Um, so how long is the show? Uh, well, it runs about... Two hour, two and a half hours okay. with an intermission. Uh, and what's interesting about what you said is that I think that's so true in that people don't really think about it. I think that's what's interesting about the play is that people just think, oh, it's Judas. He is guilty. And, and he's like the villain of our time or of all time. You yeah. know? And so that's I think what I that's what's intriguing about the play is because that the playwright is is saying, well, maybe he shouldn't be the villain of all time. Maybe there are other people who are just as responsible uh, for all for all that happened, and uh, and right. maybe we should look at that too. And so that's what's exciting, I think, about the play. Are there are, are there any parts? I guess, and this is of course for people who haven't seen it. This is without revealing too much. But is there like a, a favorite part of the show that you like? Something where when you're doing it, you say, "Well, this is why I do this." 
This is why I'm I'm in the show. Um, well, me and me and John here have a the the la- pretty much the last scene in the show is kind of like the uh, where it all comes together, and it's basically the whole show is basically about how like taking a different look at Judas instead of just looking at him as guilty, right? Um, and you see all these different things throughout the show that um, it wasn't just Judas betraying Jesus. There's a lot more of Jesus involved in the whole thing. So there's kind of a big scene at the end between me and Jesus where we get in an argument about the whole what basically happened between us and how I'm angry with him because I ended up sitting in hell for eternity when I don't really think I should have. Oh, nice. So that's something. And again, as we were talking, intense, I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm thinking like that sounds really like emotionally charged. It is, I think, and that's a sweet scene. But you know what's exciting too about the play is that uh, that there's like this mix between the characters who we ultimately know what they look like, like Mother Teresa and Freud. I mean, they're, it's very documented. And so when those characters come on, it's sort of like, oh yeah, I totally recognize those people. Oh, and then okay. and that's funny in itself. And then there's the other characters like Jesus or Satan or Judas, you know, or a lot of the saints in general. Right. That we don't, I mean, we may have this idea of what they look like, but we don't really know what they look like. And so that's interesting to say, oh, that's, what, <laughs> that's how you're going to play Satan. Or, oh, that's Jesus, you know. And so... Um, that's that's cool too. I mean, so in regards to like favorite parts of the show as a director, right. I think it's just like all about just seeing all these different characters lined up in this parade, uh, you know, and, cool. as they come in. So yeah, it's it's sweet. Well, I this is script. and this is eighty nine FM. So if you have any questions for the the cast and, and the producers or the directors of this of uh, Judas Iscariot, call in. The phone lines are open at five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Again, the number four three two three eight nine three. Uh, Judas Iscariot's playing Thursday, Friday, and Saturday mm-hmm. at the Peppermint Creek Theater. Yeah. Uh, one of the questions, and I was I was kind of just reading reading about it as well. How many people uh, do you expect to get out this weekend? Is do you find that as the show goes on, more people come into the audience, or is it is it like a really like from the very first show, it's a packed house, or? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, we've had a really strong season this year. We just we just came off of um, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, which was huge. Yeah, we actually the cast on there on this show talking yeah, about that as well. Yeah, it was sweet. Yeah. And so, you know, we've kind of built this momentum this season, which is really awesome. Um, and but it always kind of goes that way for shows. You know, at the beginning, right. it's kind of people because people always put things off to the last minute. So if we only had one show, that's when everyone would come. If we had three, they'd all come on the third day. You know, okay. and so. Uh, but I mean, we have a re- we have a small theater. It's eighty seats, and so um, you know we're getting it's it's easy to sell out that because you know and and so the last two nights we were kind of doing that, and this weekend too, um, you know reservations are important just because it's a small house and people are kind of hearing more about it. So sure, yeah. Um, if, if if people are more interested and they want to check out um, ways to get involved or see the show, where can they go? Uh, they can check out our website at uh, peppermintcreek.org, um, or if they want to reserve tickets, if that's something they're interested in, uh, you could call uh, 719-3887 to reserve tickets. Nice. Yeah. And and again, I'll, I'll just, while we're throwing out numbers, I'll give another one, 432-3893. I know we have uh, have a lot of students right now uh, kind of participating and getting ready for, for finals, because mm-hmm. this is the the finals week and uh you know it sounds like it sounds to me like you know um this this show is is certainly something that when i was reading about it um i not only you know did i kind of want to see it but uh it's again that interesting take on things because i would have never thought 
like in a million years that a show like this would have come out because it's so original mm-hmm. and it's so it's so captivating because it was kind of like what you were saying um the first time that i that i saw like a lot of the flyers going around i was like oh judas guilty you know right. like mm-hmm. there was that whole thing and, and then i was just like well wait a second so then i you know turned it over and i kept reading about it and i came to, you know i was just like wow this is something that you'd never have seen before mm-hmm. um right. and, and one of the things i was wondering is uh how did um a show like this get conceived who how did all the ideas kind of mix together? Was it just kind of a spontaneous um, uh, kind of collaboration of ideas that came together? Or? As far as uh, the playwright? And yeah. Uh, I, th- I mean, the playwright is um, Stephen Adley Gurgis. Um, is, he's been around for a little while, but his, his, his uh, plays are becoming a lot more popular now. And he right. tends to write a lot of plays with characters who are very... They say that he, as a playwright, um, identifies with lives losers. Uh, oh. Which I think also, and also tends to write really street characters, like very street savvy and uh, one and huge. And he has a lot of hugely diverse casts, which the last days of Judas Iscariot absolutely is. I mean, sure, yeah, it sounds like you know yeah. all different kinds of people and from all different walks of life. And so, um, right. in regards to how it got conceived, I'm not sure why why this idea of Judas, why that was what he chose to write about, because it's not like he writes lots of other plays about religion or anything like that. But I think that the idea of um, the idea, uh, if you're thinking about lives, life's losers, I mean, Judas right. certainly well. <laughs> got a bum rap, you know, so Sorry, if we're going to think about the worst loser, you know, Judas certainly is in that category, and I think that, um, so, I mean, yeah, I'm not sure what actually drew him to this topic, but um, but he certainly has assembled um, a huge cast of, like, really interesting, diverse crazy characters yeah and and it sounds like everyone's been kind of uh putting in their own creative energy into that whether it be the production aspect or the actual act acting out of of the actual show um i think i'm um, just one thing i mean and also we make the the audience think a little bit as well i mean there's countless people that i've talked to after every show they say wow you know i'm kind of just kind of rethink this rethink that just the way everything is portrayed i mean i mean just how i like to see for you know there's a nice example i mean here we have mother Teresa, and we have the defense attorney attacking oh, okay. mother Teresa. You know, first, you know, in in a sense of just, just to, you know, help us to realize, you know, that there are two sides to every story, you know, is, so it's fantastic just to see that each, you know, audience member comes away. I mean, it's very funny, obviously. I mean, if you ask anyone, it's just constant roars throughout the, Mm -hmm. throughout the show. But, you know, at the end, you know, you kind of start, you know, opening your mind a little bit and you can really start, you know, perceiving things in your own different way. It's pretty cool to see something. Well, uh, we're talking with Chad and John and Sam right now, who are who are from the actual show Judas Iscariot. Um, how does the show? I guess if you take uh, Peppermint Creek, you know, how, how does the show compare in terms of its reception uh, to other other shows that have gone on with uh, Peppermint Creek? Uh, it's similar and different in uh, in two ways. One, it's similar in that you know we do plays that make people think. Like we don't do a lot yeah. of plays that have easy answers. Like, oh yeah, we're going to do a play that says you know. Um, rape is bad. You know, we're not going to do something like that. Uh, So we tend to do plays that just, that will pose an issue and then, and try to show all sides and then you can decide for yourself. And so in that regard, I think that this play definitely falls into that category. You know, as John was saying, you know, it's in almost every, because it's set up like a court and you've got the defense attorney and the prosecuting attorney, each side is illustrated, the goods and the bads of both sides. You know, so what's good and bad about Mother Teresa, what's good and bad about Satan, what's good and bad about um, any of the saints, you know. Right. Uh, and then, and so in that regard, we're not going to really say this is the way it's supposed to be, you know. And so people leave, I think, say, thinking about 
both sides, hopefully, I hope, you know, and so sure. in that regard, it's, it's being received, you know, a lot like all of our shows are. Um, the, the thing that's different is that this is probably the um, funniest play that we've done. Oh, really? If, if not ever, definitely the season. I mean, you know, people are always like, when are you going to do a comedy? Do a comedy. And I keep saying, I'll do a comedy as soon as a <laughs> comedy is written that also deals with things that can make people think. And, um, and this is that play. You know, it, uh, but, cause yeah, I mean, it's fantastic as a director who's worked on like dark show after dark show or heavy right. show at least sure. to be doing something that's, uh, that's funny and then is like outright laughing, like just for the sake of laughing. And so in that regard, it's different, but good. And I, I remember when we were talking about, this was like, I think uh, a month back or so about uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, you know, mm-hmm. we were talking about that and it was interesting because... Um, all the shows that we've been talking about right now, they each have their own themes. They each have their own things to take away from it. But that, I, that's really interesting what you were saying, Chad, about this is like the funniest show in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that a, a lot of the audience, I guess, that comes to Peppermint Creek, um, that they, so everyone's been telling you, you know, do a comedy, do a comedy, when are you going to do a comedy? Um, has it, so it's been very, very receptive. It's been very, very good. Yeah, well, you know what's interesting is that um, we're so lucky at Peppermint Creek because people come we're developing an audience that people will come no matter what, you know, because they're ready. Like, okay, we are ready to be challenged. However that may be, you know, um, our first show, the pillow man was just dark and it was about, you know, this writer who wrote really gruesome stories about little kids. Okay. And then, and then we had, you know, the go is all about bestiality. And then our third show, nine parts of desire was all about Iraq, you know, but people continue to come because, um, I think that, theater as a teaching tool, I mean, you're, we're able to absorb things in a different way when it's on stage. And, right. and so that continues to be true and whatever the topic may be. Sure. And so, uh, so, I mean, we're lucky, we're lucky that audiences still come no matter what. But I think that in the long run, I, I, I think this is safe to say we'd all rather laugh. I mean, we all want to laugh. You know, sure. and so I think that that's what's good about this show, and I think people are pre- appreciate about this show, um, is that is that you can come and it's just some of it's just about laughing. And what's also really cool, and this is something because I you know I, I remember as a kid you know going out and seeing oh I don't know you know like Phantom or you know going out to Les Mis or something right. or you know any of the, the the shows out there, and there's I guess I, I don't know if maybe you find this the same way as well, but there's something about the local aspect of of putting on a show because I think. Now, I don't know if this is true, but I guess in my opinion, you know, there's, there's only so many times that you can see one of those huge Broadway-type shows before not only do you know all the lines and the entire thing and all right. the songs and everything else, but the message, I guess the initial theme that the creators of the show wanted you to take away from it is kind of lost. Um, do you find that there's something about just a local performance which can is more intimate with the audience? You can reach out to people more, and, and just like you said, it forces you to think. I mean, I think when you're and this is me on my soapbox again, but you know, I think when you're you know, when you're out there, you know, seeing those major like blockbuster type shows, are you really thinking about the show? You know, or are you just kind of going along with it? I mean, is, is there something about that local aspect out there? I think like going with what you were saying, it's like. There, you are able to take more from a, a show where you're talking to 80 people than when mm. one guy's singing to over a thousand people. You and you do get to know those shows because you hear about them. Everyone talks about them when they're right. on Broadway. Everyone goes to see them, so you already know the show before you even go see it. And what I like about these shows is that it's just it's a really small group of people uh, talking to and sometimes interacting with another small group of people. Right. So you really get to connect with the audience a lot better than. On, on a Broadway show like Les Mis, just huge crowds. Huge crowds, and everyone's kind of sitting back there. and Right, and you know, I think that 
there's also something different about uh, about those big show music. I mean, they're built for that reason. You know, they're built to right. just go and like tap your feet and go and leave humming. You know, sure. and, I, and that's important. I think that's an important. There, there's a place for that in in the arts world. You know, um, right. that that's good for. Um, and there's also a place I think for shows like The Last Days of Judas Iscariot as well. Exactly. I, you know, and this is a question uh, for the performers as well. When you're up there on on stage, uh, do you find that uh, you know how I guess you have some shows that are very, very audience participation and it drags them in. Does that kind of happen in the show? Do you, do you get that kind of element of audience participation or even audience reaction when you're performing? Do you have that kind of sudden, like, <gasps> you know, the, the whole gasps or the... Yeah, that's, that's a good question, I believe. Um, you know, from doing my previous show that I was in, you know, you, know, you can not see any faces. You know, the, the first time you walk out on stage here, you know, you can make out faces, you can see your parents, you can see your friends. Right. There's, a t- like, a total direct, you know, feeling of, like, they're in the scene. I remember, I remember one specific moment where... I, you know, I'm Jesus. I'm giving my little monologue, right. and I can. I just saw a guy in the in the audience, just so, just like you know, like he was right there with me, you know, the whole time, and he was just so captivated by that moment. And and um, I mean, Chad was mentioning to the cast, you know, if you if you can handle these types of shows, you know, in terms of nerves, I mean, you can do a lot of theater. But it's just uh, it's just fantastic to have them like so captivated in the moment. And I mean, you know, they breathe with you. It's it's great. It's been a great great show for us. So. And also, I think what's interesting about this show is that. The way it's set up, it's set up like a courtroom. So yeah, usually it's 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 kind of a difficult thing to really involve the audience in the show. But the way that the show is set up and our theater is set up is that it's almost like the audience is the people in the courtroom watching who well, don't so really kinda, say anything yeah. but are just mm-hmm. kind of like there watching. And that makes it really interesting too. It's because they almost get the feel sitting out there that they're in the courtroom in an actual court trial. So they're so they're kind of like I mean, in a way that might be considered a kind of passive participation. You know, oh, it's kind of yeah. you know you're, you're the judge and the jury at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that the play, the whole idea, uh, the question that it asks is: Is Judas is he guilty? It, it, that's a question for us as a society. You know, can we find him not guilty? Is that possible? You know, so which yeah puts that ownership immediately in a way that's not like that in a lot of other plays. You can't. The audience is. It's impossible, I think, as an audience to come to the show and to distance yourself from the production, right? Because of the way that it's the the show is set up, and the way the seating is set up, and yeah. And, and and for those of you who have just tuned in, um, again, if there's any way that you can get involved or you really want to check out the show, um, how can you do that? Uh, go to our website, uh, peppermintcreek.org, or uh, you can reserve tickets at 719-3887. Okay, well, it is certainly uh, a show that has you thinking, and uh, it's going to be playing Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah, about 8 p.m. Okay, awesome. Well, to uh, Chad and John and Sam, thank you so much for coming on the Thanks show, and, thank you, and, and best of luck. Definitely. Thank you very much. Definitely. And, uh, well, that, that's it. That's uh, 89FM. That's my last show here on The Impact. And uh, thanks, as always, goes well. Hey, I'm, I'm graduating in a week. So. Wow. Yeah. But thanks, as always, goes to Lisa, the exposure director, and Eric, Lisa. of course, the uh, exposure engineer who has seen me, who has corrected so many mistakes, I can't even begin to tell you. And uh, we have Progressive Torch and Twang coming up next. That's right. So make sure to stay tuned on 89FM, The Impact. I'm Alex Rusciano. And this is The Impact. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.